Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Phil Boogie, and welcome to another episode of Isolation Be Like. So I'm sitting here, and I recorded a couple days ago, and normally I don't record so soon after, but I had a phone call last night, and it took all my strength. Um, I am tired by the end of the day, but I I forced myself to do something that I never do, which is, um, or I rarely do, which is use that um, 30 minutes to an hour that I have after a long day to check in with somebody, um, see how they're doing. I wish I had more energy to do that more often. I just don't. I just don't. But last night I felt like I wanted to do that. And I called a, a friend of mine and um, a brother who I've known for a little while now. And I knew there were some things going on, but I wanted to um, to not just see it, you know, virtually on social media or via text. I just wanted to check in and make sure he was okay. And I just had um, a moment during that conversation where I'm listening to my friend speak and he is, you know, without um, any sort of barrier or 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 fear, just being vulnerable, and um, and I can feel the pain and um, the hurt. It was for me. I I, I have not. Um, now I've been around, you know, some of my um, friends, black male friends in the last. You know, I have plenty, but like I've been around brothers who have been hurting from like a sadness a loss, that sort of thing, like a family, a death, that sort of thing. But I had not, in a long time, had a conversation with someone who was just just, just, just hurt um, about something that maybe universally everybody wouldn't understand, but it was important to him. And um, his guard was down. And um, it was really powerful to me because you don't often... At least I don't often have those moments. Um, and we talked um, for a while. And I could hear um, him change during the, during the course of the call, you know, feeling better. And probably what he could not hear was that I also was starting to feel something by the end of the call better about myself in ways um in the sense that i was changing during the phone call a little bit too um just having some 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 moments and some thoughts and it was nice you know i often joke about not um especially during this pandemic not needing contact because that's how i feel for the most part you know i know i need some contact you know i have my family here and But I haven't, you know, I'm not necessarily longing. That's not my jam. I'm not longing for physical contact or for connections in the same ways that I think many people do. And I've always told myself, and maybe I'm right, but, you know, I'm beginning to think that maybe I've made excuses for myself um, to cover up some things. But I've always told myself that this is just how I am. Right? This is just how I am, you know. And last night when I was listening to my boy talk, I was just like, wow, it must be nice to 
feel something and then um, get a phone call from someone and without a whole lot of prompting, just feel safe enough, okay enough to just be, right? To just be, you know, no judgment, no nothing, just to just, to just be yourself uh, and have the emotion. And it made me think about a situation that happened maybe about 15, 17 years ago. I was in my first serious relationship and we were maybe about two years in and we had our ups and downs. Clearly, I loved the person. We lived together. We spent all our time together, but um, we had a lot of problems. I've talked about some of them on the podcast, on the podcast before. And one night after we had had an argument earlier in the day, um, I'm sitting in the dining room and he comes in and he starts talking to me about something very personal and um, something that had caused him some deep, deep pain. And, and this guy was, he was sweet and all that, but he was also really tough. And he just breaks down. I'm sitting at the dining room table. He's standing across the room um, by the door. And he is can barely get through his words, right? He had been ironing. He had been standing there ironing. And then he just stopped to talk. And I'm listening. And what he's telling me is pretty powerful. He's crying. And then I talk from my seat across the room, you know, about how I understood how that must have hurt. And then I kind of silent, silently just let him cry because I figure, you know, and I still believe this, we interrupt people too much, right? You don't want someone just rolling around in the dirt crying or something like that. But I feel like sometimes we step in a little bit too soon and not let people have the full emotion. That's how I feel personally. People don't let you have it. They're always trying to make you smile. And I didn't feel like being... Um, a comedian at that point or whatever um, um, was necessary. Um, I think it felt like he just needed to get this out. So I let him. And plus, if I'm being honest, I was stuck. Like, it was overwhelming for me. I had never experienced that kind of emotion coming towards me. And I was still mad at his ass from whatever he had done earlier that day. So I didn't trust it. The breakdown, like, am I being manipulated? All these things are going through my head while this person is telling me something uh, and trying to confess to me why that may, why they maybe act the way they do. What's underneath? So I cried, pulled together, I sat, and then we went about our business. And about, I don't know if it was a month or so later, two months later, out of nowhere, we were talking. And he was just like. What kind of person has somebody tell them something like what I said and doesn't get up out of a chair to give the person a hug? And he was like pissed off. He wasn't crying. He was like mad. Like what, what kind of person does that? And then, of course, I mean, I'm, I'm a different person now. Um, but at the time, I was just like, "What? I mean, what? Why would I do that? Like, why would I 
I mean, you were crying. I sat with you, you know. And plus, you had gotten on my nerves earlier that day, and I thought you were just trying to get up in my head. I didn't know what was going on. It came out of the blue. So I'm explaining my actions. But the reality is, when he said that to me, even if a piece of me was upset, which I was, you know, I was still mad from earlier in the day, and a piece of me did not trust him. The truth is, and I, and I did not say this to him because I didn't necessarily know it right at the moment he said it to me. The larger piece is I didn't know how to respond. I had no, I had no clue. And last night talking to my friend, I found myself thinking about that moment and, and making sure, um, and I do this from time to time. I've done it with, uh, with people before, but last night it really struck me that I wanted to, cause you know, one of my things is to bottom line the situation, which, you know, <laughs> you tell me something and I tell you sort of like, well, you know, this is really about blah, blah, blah. But I only do that with really good friends who know me, who know that I love them and who are going to, I'm going to rock with them. And then I can be soft. I can be soft and warm. I can be all those things. But I can, I can, I summarize. Okay, so this is what's happening. And okay, this is what you're feeling. It's understandable, blah, blah, blah. I kind of have to work through it myself in a different way. Um, I feel crazy as I'm saying this, but it's just, it's just who I am, right? So I knew that eventually I was going to bottom line it, the situation. Like, you already know the answer to this. Like, because most of the time we know the answers. But I didn't go straight there. And I felt myself really wanting to be what I was feeling inside. I didn't just let that be. And I, I told my friend that, you know, that I was sorry that it was hurting. And I was, um, I could understand because I could I shared personal examples. I told them that they were okay and that was fine. And I just listened. But I met the person where they were. There were no hugs because it was on the phone. And, you know, there's a pandemic. But I did as much that I could to to also be in the moment in my heart and not just in my head. Right? And I think I did okay. I don't know. But while that was happening, I was still thinking about like, wow, like I have um, always told myself, and I even said it on a call last night, um, that I just always believed myself to be a person who just did not feel things in the ways that people feel them. And last night, and I'm not, you know, I'm not 12, I'm not 20, I'm not 30. I'm in my 40s. Last night was the first time that I thought to myself, huh, <laughs> this is probably the result of some, some things. You just don't, you just don't not feel or not be able to signal or pain or hurt or whatever. And I remember years ago, my grandmother said one time about herself that people always presume things about her because of her facial expressions, right? And that she was like, this is just my face. This is what I, this is how I look. Um, and I don't have to explain it to you why I'm happy, but I don't necessarily look happy in the ways that people look happy. And I always took that to heart. Like, yeah, that's who I am too. And that began to shatter for me um, about five years ago, that idea. When I went to visit my grandmother at the home that she's in, my grandmother, um, 
has um, dementia. And I went to see her and I sat with her. And, you know, the nurses were talking about her and her personality and how much fun she is. And um, and I, I love my grandmother. Brother, we had a we had a great time and growing up, and she was um, uh, was always there for us. Um, and was a fun woman, you know, but stoic, right? So the description of her made sense, and also just like not to me from the nurses. And then they said, "Watch what happens," and they turned some music on, and I watched my grandmother do something I had never seen her do before, which was just literally just smile from the inside out and dance. I've never seen her dance. I've never seen her dance before. I mean, I've seen her slow drag at a wedding. And I think I, I danced with her once at a wedding where like I just kind of, we did a two-step for a couple of seconds. But I'm not talking about that. Like she was shaking a tail feather and I was like whoa it had never occurred to me, to me that my grandmother would want to dance would want to laugh from her gut because I had never seen that and I wondered in that moment like I wonder if that wasn't just who she was or was it who she became because of life right so I'm thinking about how one how important it is that we check in on each other. Um, I think it was good for my friend, but it was also good for me as well, even though I tell myself I don't need that contact. You know, we do. And I'm, I'm just thinking about the stories that I've told myself about who I am. Am I just not a person who Responds. Am I just not a person who doesn't feel things? I, used, I remember I said to my to my husband one time, you know, we were watching Wife Swap and I was so confused by the way people were so excited to see their spouses after only being gone for a couple of days. Like it's completely confusing to me. And um, this is before we were married. And he was like, well, they missed them. And I said out of my mouth, not being funny because I meant it. I don't typically miss people. I don't. I don't. And I said it and he just kind of looked at me like, what does that mean? I was like, I don't, I don't miss people. And I had this rationale that, you know, I left. I was always with people, the people I loved. And then I went to college and I got used to being away from them. And then I moved across the country and I got even more used to being away from the people who mattered to me. The most, so it's really hard for me to to think of missing somebody I'm dating when I don't see my own mother or my brother or my grandmother or aunts and uncles, except for maybe once or twice a year, right? So I don't, I just don't miss people. I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't run after that, right? Because that sounds a little bit crazy, but it's just true. Like, I'm still not a person who's not going to act like, I'm not going to act like the people on White Swap. I'm just not. But it wasn't until I had children when I could barely be away from them for five minutes that I began to understand that feeling. And then what I realized is that maybe I've had that feeling before, 
but didn't really allow myself to tap into it because I couldn't control it. And I've just been thinking about that. So last night, uh, my friend explained that they were upset and and had cried um, because they were missing a person. And I know I sounded like a robot, but I was like, explain that to me. (laughs) The feeling, right? And I, I'm just in my head now, just like, wow, how do you get here? Like, I'm not trying to be my own therapist, but how do you get here? And I started to think about the things I write about. And I remember when I gave my my agent um, my book proposal, one of the things she said to me that struck me was that something's missing here. There's a piece missing and I don't know why. And I had to go back and access some things that I didn't really want to um, access. It's a it's a memoir, creative nonfiction. I had to go back and think about some things and, and fill in the gaps. So I did it. And I was like, part of that is me finally getting to a place of recognizing the contribution of my family um, um, to my personality and my behavior. I mean, some things are obvious, right? There's a lot of good, you know, hardworking and thoughtful people and all that kind of jazz. But also, you know, how about this? If anybody from my family is listening, <laughs> I'm about to talk about us, but you should be used to this by now. I've been performing um, stories about myself for some years and writing um, and the books about us and me in relationship to that. So, you know, you're probably used to it. But the truth is, I don't. I don't know whether they're listening or not, right? Have no, I have no clue. I don't, I don't necessarily hear from my family in those ways that, let's say, this person I'm talking to last night maybe can miss people because he had a family who would say, when they achieve something, good job. <laughs> I'm not talking about when I was a kid. I'm talking about now as an adult. I have no idea who's listening to the podcast from my family because I haven't heard a word. Now, I'm not mad about it. I'm not saying do it. But I think, you know, that probably has a bearing. Like if I'm not, if I don't even expect to hear from, you know, immediate family, like, oh, good work. Or I really appreciate the episode. Then I can't, I think part of it is I can't process um, expecting anyone to have those connections. And sometimes it's striking for me when people who who have who become part of my chosen family are like doing things that are like really sweet and thoughtful and connecting. I think it's beautiful and I think it's um and it's much is needed. But at the same time, I think sometimes I am like I am overwhelmed by the the gift of their friendship and love. And appreciative. And then I sit back and think, how did they know to get like that? And I think I am a loving person, but I just, I feel like, um, finally, and it doesn't mean that my family, I love my family, but I am recognizing the ways in which that I wasn't just born detached, right? I have been loved. I have been well cared for. My mother supported me. She worked her ass off. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the emotional piece of it. I wasn't born detached. 
I became that. And this is the first time I've said this. Um, and I've been thinking about it. It's impacted. And some of that is good. Cause you don't, you know, you don't get bogged down in the hurt. You don't get bogged down in things because you have learned to sort of shield it. I literally in conversations will say, um, um, to someone, stop, can't, can't do it right now. I can process that later. I can put it away. And when I'm ready, open it back up, think through it, be done with it. Now, I think some of that is good. But sometimes I imagine that's frustrating for people who are feeling something, want to discuss something. And I'm saying not in this moment. I can't do it in this moment because I need to be able to do the math on it. And so I can put it in its box pretty neatly. Um, so I don't have to necessarily feel it feels good in some ways to kind of be able to just kind of recognize that maybe I can still grow and learn as a human being at this age and do things differently. My kids have certainly helped me with that. And then just having that moment last night on the, on the phone call was big for me. I mean, I'm still probably not going to be crying if I go away for a week on white spot, but I could, I could do some things differently. And I think I've gotten better. I wasn't born. I wasn't born detached. I was not. And it makes me think about all the, the ways in which, you know, um, I deal with stress, the ways I deal with, with work, um, the ways I deal with my friends and my family and, how much time I spend, even if I'm not conscious of it, not knowing how to just give someone a hug when they need a hug, to to cry when I want to cry, to laugh loudly when I want to laugh, to just be emotionally and to be connected. Now, still, personality-wise, I... I'm not trying to be with large groups of people. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to do all of that. I'm not trying to be in them streets, but I'm just talking about just interpersonally, just listening to my friend be upset, listening to him be sad, listening to him to be hurt, listening to him talk about the feelings made me think about how I have never, ever, ever done that about another human being, never thought about it. I walk away, I feel upset. Maybe I'm a little sad, but then I'm done. I'm done and that's okay, but it doesn't mean that the feelings, that the thoughts aren't done. It doesn't mean I've been done sometimes before where let's say in a relationship, I, I was hurt, but I wasn't really done, but I didn't know how to say, don't leave. Let's talk about this. Because that requires something that I had never seen before. We are not, we, you know, we're not a don't leave. Let's, let's talk about it, family. We're like, we're, we were a, I can do this on my own. I, we, we, we got it. We, I got it type family, which I think there's something beautiful about that. But there's also, there's something off about that too. Right? Because you're not letting people in. And you're not letting yourself necessarily be yourself. If I'm being honest, it hurts that I don't hear from my family as, as, as 
as often as I would like. And I don't think about it because I don't say there's not a thing that I want from family per se. There's not an individual thing, right? But it'd be nice to hear on my birthday, right? And I think, you know, I'll give him his credit. My husband has been aware of this for some time. He, you know, and I've been performing. It's cool. This is how it is. This is what it is. But as a human being that is used to connection in a different kind of way, he's known for some time that it can't just be okay to not hear from people on birthdays or when you accomplish things or people aren't itching to show up for you in certain kind of ways. Because I'm, I'm, I'm realizing there's one way to, um, there's one thing to be used to it and to live with it and be okay. That's one thing, which is what I am. I'm okay. And love them. And, you know, love them. And there's that. And it's okay to also wish for something else. This whole pandemic, when people are counting down the days they haven't seen physically family members, I'm, I, it, I, I'm stuttering because it's like, because it probably sounds harsher than what it is because it's not that harsh, but it's like, Sometimes I listen or see people counting down the days and being excited and showing up. You know, I've seen videos where people show up to their parents or their sister's houses or whatever. And then they they sneak up with their mask and everyone just shouts like, oh, my goodness, so-and-so is home. That would never. That would never happen. (laughs) No one's going to. I've offered to come home for things and been told not to come home. Maybe they don't like me. I don't know. But no one's shouting. No one's like, like, I see that and think, wow, that must be nice. And I tell myself, we're just not those kind of people. And that's true. There are people who are not like that. But I think it's something else, too. Hmm. So I'm just I'm just thinking like of all the. The things that I've told myself about myself, not all the things, but specifically the emotional piece, the things I've told myself about just being this way. When I met my husband, you know, there were certain personality things I did not appreciate that I thought, hey, this is something that is so obvious that we can talk about and work on. I remember him saying to me early on, this is just who I am. And I was just like, I remember hating that response, right? I did. I did. I did not like that response. But what we learned over time was that that response is sort of a defense. And we all can work on some things, right? And I have in certain ways, right? But now I'm thinking about myself in terms of this emotional piece. And I've told myself the same thing that he was telling himself about different things. Like, this is just who I am. Maybe it's, it is who you are, but maybe it's not who you have to be. You know, maybe it's not who you have to be or maybe it is who you are going to be because it's been so long, but maybe it's not all right. Maybe it's okay to know there's something about you that's going to be how it is, but it's just it's not all right. And then maybe you work on it a little bit, you acknowledge it and you spend a little less time telling yourself a lie. (laughs) And it could be and maybe it gets better. And my family, you know, I'm not. This isn't about my my family per se, but it's about it's about me talking about my orientation, about how I how I'm, I'm starting to piece together 
some things. I never, you know, affection wasn't a thing per se. Um, and it's, it's not a thing for me, right? Certain types of connection were not a thing. It's not a thing for me as an adult either, right? And I think about that a lot as I treat my kids ways um, that maybe I was not treated um, or expose them to kind of emotional cues that maybe I didn't always see because I, I want them to have access to a little bit more than I had. And I think that's the best we can do. Every You know, maybe what I got from my family was a step or two more than what they received, right? I, you know, I can appreciate that. So it's, it's just, it's just, we're all growing, right? It's just, you have to be honest about it, about, about where, you know, about where you are. And I think when you're at a, per, at a place where you don't even get a thumbs up about, let's say, you know, a chapter published in a book or um, you're performing in front of thousands of people and it's not, you know, you get used to that from certain people. Then you, you, you don't know how to give it or you have a weird, you have an interesting re- relationship with the rest of the world because you figure if this is how it is with them, then it feels strange to have more connection with other people. Really, really strange. One of the things that was told to me when I was a kid, I'm not going to tell that. I'm not going to tell that. It's funny, but I'm not going to say it. On the off chance that this is the one episode that everybody will listen to. Um, <laughs> this is, of course, one 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 cousin will listen to this episode and send it to everybody. Um, and then they'll be mad at me. I love you if you're listening. <laughs> and if this and this is something that they say in church, uh, the church I go to. If this is about you, it's about you. If it's not, it's not. So this isn't a, if you, if none of this is ringing like our relationship, then it's not about you. If it if it is, then it is, right? I ain't said your names. I'm just talking, right? And being able to at this age realize that my story is my story, that it belongs to me, and that it involves some other people, and I don't have to be silent about it, right? You know, this is how we grow. And this is what I do. And this is how I, um, this is me. I'm not blaming anybody for anything at all. I'm just saying we all grow up in a space and that space helps create who we are. Um, I, I, it is not lost on me that I am successful, successful because of the things that were given to me um, in many ways. Um, but in one of the areas where I am not quite as successful as I would like to be is with my emotional growth that's it that's it and it's weird how that has come to me later in life and i've thought about it before but i was stuck right i didn't know how to be i thought other people were crazy (laughs) um for being all loving and wanting hugs and shit like i thought they were crazy and missing people i thought they were crazy i thought they were insane and then I slowly realized that maybe they weren't. Um, and now I can recognize that people can be all kinds of ways. But we got there somehow. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to acknowledge that you that some of that is about personality. Some of it is about good things. Some of it is about hurt. Right? Every holiday, every birthday where I don't, you know, 
get back what I've put out. It probably has hurt. Probably. But I didn't think about it in that term. Because that's survival. So it was nice last night listening to somebody be hurt and be able to express it and feel safe enough to share it and for me to be able to receive that. And I'm not happy that the person is hurting. Don't get me wrong. It was just nice to have that kind of connection. I imagined a world of of actually having that kind of connection my whole life. What, who I'd be, right? Who I'd be. What kind of sh- trouble could I have saved myself? What kind of stress? What kind of drama? And we all have our 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 own luggage to carry. This is my luggage, right? Um, and we're all working and growing. But yeah, that's what was on my heart today. Just um, rethinking connection, rethinking love, rethinking personality, right? What is and what is what is given. Uh, rethinking what it means to grow in friendship. You know, being able to change, right? There was a time where I could see somebody hurting and know that they're hurting over something, but have in my mind that they created the hurt so I wouldn't be able to access any kind of warmth for it. I wouldn't be mean, but I couldn't access the warmth. I'm able to do that now. More. (laughs) Not all the time. Yeah. This isolation... This pandemic has been difficult um, in many ways, but also just like one of the things has just been in this relative silence, just having to sit with myself and think has been good. Has been good. Truth is, you know, I'm saying that, you know, I've been hurt or I've not gotten exactly what I've needed. And what I've told myself the whole time that I began to feel that way was like, and I, I I don't ever need it because I have found it with chosen chosen folks or, you know, the few, you know, people from my family who do check in and tap in a little bit. Right. So I've created I've created what I needed. So I don't need it from the places where I think I should have gotten. I don't need it because I'm doing all right. And. Maybe I don't need it, right? I think that's true. But what I felt last night and what I'm feeling today is like, well, maybe I don't need it, but maybe I would like it. And those are different things, right? And somewhere in that gap is sort of where I've gotten to be who I am, right? Allowing myself to think about the need, but not necessarily allowing myself to think about the want, um, the things I want. And that kind of carries over to all aspects of my life, right? So, all right, I'm about to go inside um, and start this homeschool day um, and grade some papers and all that jazz. So, thanks for listening. You guys, uh, stay safe, uh, stay sane, wash your hands, and I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Thank you.